The Dragon Reread is brought to you by the Armadillo Podcasting Club. Did you know that armadillos never take showers? They only take baths. Their, ar- their little arms are too short to put on shower caps, and they are extremely vain about their hair. Mm, it's yeah. true. <laughs> yeah. If you've ever met an armadillo, like, odds are 10 minutes ago they got their hair did. <laughs> <laughs> I did not know that. For more armadillo-related facts, to find out how you can access episodes a day early, and to check out our other podcasts, visit us at armadillo.club. Time turns and ages come and pass, leaving memories that become podcasts. Hello there, welcome to the Dragon Reread. We're rereading Robert Jordan's Wheel of Time series of fantasy novels. I am Jeff Lake. I'm Alice Sullivan. And I'm Michael Sparkman. And today we're covering chapters 9 through 13 of The Gathering Storm, book 12 of The Wheel of Time. Previously, Avienda gets grilled by Amy's, but still can't figure out why she's on the Wise One's shit list. Gawain is in turmoil over the idea that just maybe Elida isn't the person he should be following, but somehow doesn't quite make it around to switching teams. Egwene continues her work in the White Tower, but with the Dark One gaining strength, things have taken a turn for the spooky. (laughs) Rand is being all mopey about his whole missing hand thing, uh, but he begins his campaign in Arad Daman to presumably unconquer the country? Unclear. Uh, Put someone in charge so he can vassal them, maybe? Uh, I don't know. Uh, Either way, he says that he's going to deal with Rodel Ithralde, the wolf of Arad Daman, single-handedly. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we, you know, I'll I'll probably do one of those at least once an episode now. All right, chapter nine, leaving Malden, icon of a wolf. So Perrin is checking wagons while receiving petitioners. I feel like he should probably have someone on staff who could check the wagons for him, you know? I mean... He doesn't trust them. No, no, because he he did the carpentry class once. (laughs) It's like, yes, I'm a blacksmith, but I, you know, I did a carpentry that one time. Uh, It's fine. My dad told me how to look at wagons. (laughs) I mean, he's multitasking. Yeah, it's he's, true. He's keeping himself busy because he's he's in a lot of emotional turmoil. Right. Mm-hmm. What else is new? Yeah. yeah, I mean, he suddenly found himself saddled with like a hundred thousand refugees, which is a lot. That's a lot of refugees. Yeah, like. And these people all want to leave this city. The city. Just thinking that they they have a city. Yeah, like the city right where there. their farmland is from, and it's not like the Aiel had stores. It's not like they're all going to starve right away. No, I I uh, I think that the very best answer would be now you guys all live in Melbourne. Problem yeah. solved. But uh, there is the the fact that there's this mysterious Aiel army, and that could be the reason they want to move. But, like, still, moving 100,000 people rather than, you know, hunkering down in Malden, I'm not sure that's the right answer. Yeah. So he's he's receiving pe- receiving petitioners, and uh, Arganda wants to take Queen Aleandre and leave. Understandably. Understandably. And Perrin says no. And Bertain, who is that guy that works for... Uh, barreling, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah he's uh, he's her captain. Not not the captain of the. Is he the captain of the wing guard? He's he's one of the generals or, or one of the leaders at least. I don't yeah, the, and yeah, he wants yeah. to just attack that band of nearby Aiel, which, which is not a good idea. Yeah, even worse idea mm-hmm. than Argandas. <laughs> this guy's an idiot, right? He's like, we just beat all those Aiel. He's like, dude, we had like a Shanshan army with us. Yeah, don't you remember? Like, I did a whole commando mission and drugged them all. <laughs> And then he, then he was like, okay, go get the Sean Go get Chen. the Sean Chen. No, man, come on. <laughs> just, just no, dude. Just yeah. no. You're embarrassing Berlaine. Yeah. I know. I, it was notable to me that these people were called refugees, right? That seems like a modern term. 
I don't think so. I mean, the notion of refuge is well, old. I, I mean, but the term, like, I think that we've heard this term in the series before, though, right? Have we? I believe so. Yeah, with with uh, people escaping. Was it Kyrian when that was in turmoil? They had refugees. Yeah, I, I feel like Robert Jordan would have just called them people. Yeah, maybe. You know? I don't know. But anyway, yeah, I don't know why it jumped out of me. So uh, the reason Perrin is feeling bad, um, and the reason we aren't having a three-week bonathon instead of a Perrin chapter, mm-hmm. right, is because he he feels kind of let down after having had this goal for so long that he's been working on. He achieved it, you know. He liked the anticipation better than the the having the opening the Christmas present, and also he really really liked killing those people. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's like. Uh, He's having that post-vacation melancholy, right? He just finished doing the funnest thing he's ever done. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, what am I going to do next? Yeah, I don't know. The, it didn't ring true to me. That was a very weird explanation to me. Like, he was bummed that it was all over. But, like, he got Fael back. Like, There's also a weird tension thing happening with Fael that I, I'm, right. I'm having a little bit of trouble parsing. Like, he's he says something along the lines of, oh, I... Um, you know, I, I don't care what happened in the the city, or I don't, I don't, you know, whatever happened to her, she did it to survive. But it seems like it's bothering him. I, I don't know. It's unclear to me whether he's just you saying know, that or what. I don't think that's bothering him. I think what's bothering him is that he got into this weird headspace during this whole long chase thing, and he's having trouble getting out of it. Oh, he's that like, makes sense. He, he felt. He, I think he thought everything would go back to normal, but he's not the way he was anymore. That's a good point. But I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, he's. He's done a lot of things that he's uh, certainly not proud of, and he's had to make a lot of compromises in in the kind of person he is. And so, yeah, it, yeah. he's different now. And um, I, I think I actually think Fail will be totally cool with whatever he had to do and stuff like that. Oh, I, absolutely. I mean, I know you guys are on the anti Fail train, but I don't think the acceptance well, the, I mean, is a problem of hers. Yeah, I was going to say Fail has a lot of flaws, but I think that that's not going to be one of them. You know, yeah. I think that I think she's probably fine. I think one of her greatest characteristics is that she is completely unquestioningly loyal to Perrin. Yeah, yep. and, and and very adaptable. I will say that about her. She's like smart and very like adaptable. So. Agreed. Yeah, and um, then Balware shows up, and he wants to question the Shido wise ones, and Perrin won't let him. Oh, there's something weird here, because Perrin's like, well, we gave them all away, and Balwar's like, well, get some back. But they didn't give them all away. Did they, they gave not? away all the channelers, oh. which is not even more than, not even half of them, right? Yeah. I wonder what that's about. Yeah, what, what is he at after here? I know he's, he's talking about the Forsaken specifically, but it's unclear to me if that's he, what he... He's on to the Forsaken trick, right? He's figured out what the Forsaken did to spread the Shido all around. Oh, because he mentions the, the objects of power, and he wants to understand what they were and how they worked. Yeah. Okay, I'm getting Balwar confused with the scholar that Min became friends with who was killed by the Gollum. Oh, that's yeah. Hara... Oh, Herod Fell. Herod Fell, okay. yeah. Who was disassembled by the, the Gollum. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Balwar is that secretary guy who's the spy master. Yes, who, yeah. okay, thank you. Who now Formerly the White Cooks, now a parent's friend. And, and Perrin is like, I think Perrin finally realized, well, that guy is not just a, a secretary, isn't he? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't, he doesn't think to himself, oh, that's a weird thing for a secretary to do. Yeah. Anymore. But but he's he's right about this trick. He thinks, well, maybe Forsaken played a trick on the Shido. And Baron's like, yeah, don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, at this point, I guess it doesn't matter much, right? Uh, what's done is done. Yeah. You know what? You and, know what? Well, yeah, yeah Bauer's like, oh, yeah, so some these, these weird objects of power they're talking about, they got from some stranger. And Perrin's like, it's probably one of the Forsaken, but don't worry about it. They probably had a disguise on. You know, that's how they do things. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which is 
He's right. Yeah. <laughs> Nailed it. it. I just figured it out. Parents' problem right now, he's like the dog that finally catches up to the car they're chasing. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's yeah, right. Yeah. That's what yeah. it is. Yeah. See, that works on different levels. <laughs> oh, that's good. Uh, and uh, let's see. He also has a, a meeting with Tam. Uh, yeah. Tam, Dragon Daddy, Althor. <laughs> Dragon that's, Daddy. Yeah. That's good. And... And Tam, they, they discuss lording, lordship, yeah. and stuff. I mean... Parent still wants to de-lord. Yeah, he wants like, to get over this shit, right? Well, I mean, I kind of... He doesn't like all this stuff. This isn't fun for him. Mm-hmm. I just want to go be a blacksmith. And Fael's going to be my blacksmith wife. And, and I'm people. sure she would love that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think it, this is like... This is one of those duty things, right? Like, because he doesn't want to be a lord, it's why he probably the best person that the two are just going to get, sure right? that's it, yeah. Yeah, and I could sense, I could imagine the awkwardness of interacting with Tam when you're in that position now. So oh, yeah. Yeah, his weird. best friend's dad, that's weird, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, grew up, grew up having this guy, like, spank your ass for being a shithead or whatever, right? How great yeah. was it, though, to get to see Tam and learn a little more about him? Yeah. Well, that was cool. Yeah. That was really cool. I like yeah. Tam. That's the story that I really wish had that uh, Robert Jordan had had a chance to write. I would have loved to know more about Tam's no past. No joke. Yeah, he his, was supposed to. Yeah, especially what he did in the Aiel War and, yeah. and what what led him out of Emmons Field when nobody leaves. Right. Why we, we never learned why he has the hair and why he first had the hair marked sword at right. all, did yeah. we? No, I mean he's a, he's a, he's apparently a swordmaster, but yeah. Yeah. but he has the magic sword, right? Oh, true. It's not just any hair and yeah, marked which, which is stupid son took out and like it's like the, the melted, <laughs> melted yeah. the son yeah. driving the sports car into the tree <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you do oh, oh it's it's fine son it's fine because <laughs> yeah. yeah, like you know we don't know where he got that sword but like he certainly didn't just get it handed to him right yeah <laughs> the way you get a sword master's blade is by killing a sword master <laughs> yeah. and that's a very nice sword master's blade and the, there's this parent has this interesting blindness where he says well sure the the two rivers guys they're all going to go home soon right and Tam's like, no, no dude. Like, <laughs> these guys are going to follow you to the last battle. That's what's up. Yeah, and that's, uh, I think Perrin just, he lacks a little empathy there. Yeah, just take your title and shut up, Wolf King. <laughs> and, and Perrin is giving up on Minetherin, because that was the deal. Yeah, I mean, yeah, who that cares? makes sense. Yeah, who cares? Minetherin is a ancient title, an ancient city name, you know, whatever. Like, just make two rivers bigger, that's all. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Also, know, you don't cool. want to, yeah, but you don't want to take off the Queen of Andor, if you can help it. That's true, especially if she's your uh, best friend's baby mama, mm-hmm. who and the, the best friend happens to also be uh, the Messiah Emperor of the world, and also the baby mama herself is an extremely powerful channeler. Yeah, who has not <laughs> taken an oath not to kill people. <laughs> a lot of a lot of reasonable reasons not to not to pick a fight with Andor. <laughs> right. Yeah, but Minethrin sounds really cool. This is so cool. It's a cool name. I mean, the story was great. Yeah, and Aravine, uh, uh, who is that uh, that noble woman that Fael met in captivity, yeah. is now in charge of the refugees, and she says it's time to move out. So Perrin gives the order. Mm-hmm. We don't know who these... They, they keep uh, alluding to these Aiel that are hanging out nearby. We don't know who they are, right? I don't think we do. I don't I don't even know... They are assuming they are Shido, which is possible, but I'm not even sure we know that's true. Yeah. they, they It would be nice if they had brought like one Aiel with them to like identify Aiel. Yeah. yeah. What yeah. happened to Gaul? It, he, he went in... Uh, that's a good question. He went in to rescue uh, um, his, his girlfriend, right? Or his, the woman he loves. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bane and Chiad, or, or whichever one of was those it, it is. I think it's Bane that he likes, and Chiad hates him. 
but they're but they're spear sisters or whatever. I don't know. Either way, uh, that's where he well, went. He, and we haven't he's going to be the ones that's going to spear sisters. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wait. Penis. Yeah. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah. Yeah, I got it. But anyway, why not send Gaul or or Bane and Chiad if they're free now? I don't know. I don't know if they are or not. To go take a look, see. We don't know. We haven't heard from any of them yet. I assume that they were successful, but yeah, we haven't heard from any of them. Yeah. Anyway, Perrin is is taking the is feeling the Taveran pull, and so he's going to Rand. Finally. Yeah, finally. He and Files just need to bang it out. I know. I, I think that'll make him feel better. I like, yeah. think it'll make them both feel a lot better. He, he just needs to clear out those pipes a little bit, and his yeah. head will be clear, too. He needs yeah. to undo those 55 knots. <laughs> yeah, All right, chapter 10. The Last of the Tabacco, Icon of the Dragon. So, Rodell is hanging out, discussing his situation with his guys. He's, uh, having, he's in a bad situation right now. Yeah, the, he, he won that massive... Battle against those 150,000 Shanchan, but the Shanchan have another army of 300,000 people just around the corner. And there's also an Aiel army of like 100,000 somewhere yeah, around here. Right, like, right in his path of where he was planning to flee. Which we actually know who that is. Yeah, that's yeah. that's Rand's Rand's, guys, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, they're like they're just taking up parts of Radaman. Why? <laughs> uh, and to make matters worse, he's just smoked the last of his two two rivers tobacco. Yeah, things are getting really dire. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, if only I, I hope he meets somebody soon who can hook him up with some good tourists to back. Uh, I mean, yeah, that would be that'd be great. And so he's holding up, he's building fortifications in a steading. Very clever. Yeah, that was. We'd said that so long ago. We were yeah. like, why aren't they building in steadings if they're yeah. scared of men? Very smart. And so that way, the the Shanchan, it'll nullify the Shanchan advantage in the the channelers, which only leaves the four hundred thousand odd soldiers that want to destroy his army of 50,000. Indeed. So he's yeah. kind of kind of getting ready for his, his last stand there. Yeah. I wonder how many battles have been fought in Steadings because don't they don't they bliss you out? Uh, I, th- I don't think they affect most people, do they? I thought they only affected Chandlers. Is that it? Because I thought when Perrin and Egwene went there it was like we walked into through the boundary and all of a sudden we felt like our burdens had been lifted and stuff. It made Egwene feel weird and it was after he went into the Steading that Perrin got the golden eyes. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. I about that. Yeah. Uh, so I don't. I. I, I think you may be right there. I don't know if it's like a strong feeling, but I. Th- I do think I remember people saying that they felt something, but it's not. I don't know if it's like a potent feeling. It though. just surprised me. Like I didn't think anybody would fight a battle in a steading. That I mean, generally they. I think people treat steadings with some sort of respect. Even Rodelli Tiralde is like. I feel really bad about doing this because he's like cutting down trees in a setting. He's like, this is fucked yeah, up, you know? That's, that's not right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that's what he's got, right? Yeah. And then. So uh, he's planning his last stand when. Yeah, when Rand just shows, shows up. He's yeah. like, this messenger walks up. He's like, there's a fancy man here to see you. And he's dressed in red and gold. And it's like, bum, bum, bum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is super cool. It's always good to see Rand from outside his own head. Mm-hmm. Um, I, he just walks into the camp. <laughs> Such a, uh, he, such a Rand move, you know? Yeah, I know, right? He's like, why not? I'm going to go in there and I'm going to talk to the guy. And his eyes are so piercing. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, he's like, you want to join the dragon tree? Yeah, his, his plan is for Rodell. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I wish he'd said that. Exactly. <laughs> his plan is for Rodell to give up on his uh, fight, um, except that King Al-Salam is dead. Uh, who is the king of Ardaman, allow peace with the Shan Chan and go to the Borderlands and, and fight the last battle. Yeah, this, this is great. He's like, obviously they're skeptical, but he's like, look, we're on a tight schedule here. What do you need? 10,000 Aiel? Some Aes Sedai? You want me to 
set some shit on fire with my mind. You want to be a king? Yeah, he's like, I'll make you the king of Ardoman. And he's like, what? No, what about my brother, Absalom? And Rand's like, whoa, 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 okay, okay. King of Amadisia. <laughs> like, okay. Yeah. Well, now then. Yeah, it's just like, come on, bro. This train's leaving the station where our last stop is the last battle, so. <laughs> yeah. Do you notice there's a character named Wakita, and I kept thinking Wakanda? Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I like that there's one part where he's like, they're like discussing terms. He's like, what if I give you a hundred male channelers? Okay. Like 90% are probably still sane. Okay. 80%. You know, yeah. whatever. You know what? Don't worry about it. They probably won't get any crazier than they are. Yeah. Best yeah, I offer. Like, I, like that. I give you channelers and he's like, bad men? It's like, nah, not most of them. <laughs> they're fine. Yeah. And they're not going to get crazier. They're, they're as, as mad as they are going to get. Thanks to my cleansing the, yeah, the taint. They're, they're, every one of them is just as sane as me and my friend Lucifer. <laughs> <laughs> Let me talk to you again Shut about... Up, yeah. <laughs> Let me talk to you again about how I remember everything about the Force. <laughs> right. But uh, this guy, Rodell, adapts super fast to the situation. Yeah, I mean, Rand gives him a hard sell. It's actually a little bit unrealistic because we, we have good historical evidence for how people adapted to the advent of artillery mm-hmm. in like the Continental Wars, and they did not adapt fast. Right? There were years of war where people just would charge into artillery and get blown to hell. Mm-hmm. And I think that does still happen with some of the, the fights we see, but you know, we have to, I guess, Rodell Eteralde is one of the great captains of the world, so he's smarter and better. Yeah. yeah. One of the four great captains. Wait, there's four? Because Neal died. Oh. But we got Matt, right? Okay, one of the five. Acknowledge, one of the four acknowledged great captains. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and Rand well, promises also to keep the Shanshan out of Arad Doman. And then he goes for it. Yep, and then he goes for it. Rodell's on the payroll. Yeah, yeah. well, Rand is also Tavarin, so it was like, that was always going to happen, That's, right? That's true. Yeah. So Rand has two of the great captains. I was going to say, he's like snapping up those great captains. Got to catch them all, right? Yeah, and Egwene has one, and uh-huh. I assume Lan is going to have the remaining one. Wait, who was the last one? Um, Agomar. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. He's, uh, he's still in the Borderlands, right? He's not yeah, part of the group that came out. he's still back in Shinar, where we left him in book two. <laughs> okay. So, Davin Bashir, Rodelli Geraldi, now Arans. Uh, yeah. Gareth Bryan is Egwene's. Yeah, Agomar Jagad. Yeah, is, is right. presumably going to ride and land to the, <laughs> the, gold, the golden crane who will not ride alone. Yeah, seems likely. Yeah. Right, so chapter 11, the death of Adrin, like kind of the, what, the lace of ages. That's yeah, right. unraveling. Unraveling. Yeah. So Avienda is doing another make-work punishment around Rand's mansion. Still unable to understand why. Yeah, but she's actually had some insight here, some, some progress. She's listening to some wetlanders complain, <laughs> and she's like, why, they must complain because they all suck. Wait a minute, Elaine complains sometimes and she doesn't suck. Maybe they're not complaining because they suck. Which is the most insightful she's ever been. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah, it, it, it was funny to me because she's as she's like doing this ridiculous menial task that she has no idea why, except she knows she has to do it and try and figure out why. She's like thinking about how weird the wetlanders are and they don't make any sense. <laughs> I'm like, God damn it! Yeah. How about a little bit of like self awareness, man? Do some introspection. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then uh, a nearby guard at the door to Rand's timber man- manor that he's staying in. Uh, Catches fire from inside his oh, head. Oh, that was okay, so it's, it's what I what I think it is is his blood turns to lava. Uh, yeah. I think that they say like a black tarry substance that's like super hot. Right. Yeah. I think it's magma. And, and then he turns into obsidian. Well, he what the stuff that comes out of him. Yeah. 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 yeah some like black 
like burn stuff, obsidian, and it, it's like super hot and it stays hot for a really long time. Oh. It burns the whole doorway that he's standing at. Which is the picture on the yeah, front the that picture. we were wondering about. We it. It. So yeah. it was Avienda, I was right. You were right. Really yeah. right, yeah. Uh, if I didn't know Semiraj was in captivity, this would have sounded like a Semiraj thing because she was talking about turning people's blood into different oh, things, right? Yeah, right. Mm. Yeah. Or maybe it was that that Aes Sedai that was talking to Semiraj, where Semiraj was telling her about it, and she's like, "Oh, oh, I should try that sometime." Well, Semiraj was like, "I'll show you the weave sometime." Maybe she did. <laughs> yeah, she's like, "Here, this is how you do it." <laughs> yeah. Oh, cool! I'm gonna try it. <laughs> yeah. But Simraj was like, this is how you turn their blood into something totally innocuous. And she's like, okay, I'll try that. It's actually lava. No. <laughs> gotcha. And uh, it's a, it is a horror scene. Um, Avienda and a uh, random male Ashaman kind of team up to pour river water on this steaming pile of burning stuff that used to be that guard. Mm. Uh, it's, it's a nightmare. Yeah. Yeah, before people get trapped in the house and die. Yeah. And uh, what it reminded me most of all is that time that you, Micah, got that set of hot sauces from the internet, uh-huh. and we all tried all the hot sauces uh-huh. in ex- escalating order of heat. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. That what happened to this guy is how I felt. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all felt that way the next, just a little bit later. I was going to say the next day. I was like, no, it didn't no. take that long. Yeah, <laughs> we were all lying later. around at the end. Yeah, yeah if, if only I could have melted down. Uh, so then Rand comes out through the doorway and shakes his fist at the sky and shouts at the Dark One. You'll get your battle soon enough. You know, the Dark One probably is listening to him, too. Yeah, it, it probably. He's probably right. Yeah. This does very little to chill people out. About <laughs> yeah, there's a guy there who's like, this is one of Etherald's officers who's like, is this uh, normal for Rand? And I mean, they're like, yeah, yeah. kind of. Yeah, totes. The Dark kinda, One's yeah. prison is weak. <laughs> right. <laughs> She's like, oh, calm down. It's not a forsaken or anything. It's the Dark One's prison weakening, and that's him touching the world. <laughs> that's all it is. It's fine. Yeah. These things are going to happen before the last battle, you know? Yep. And then she has a very sweet little talk with M- M- Melanie. Yeah. Melane. One of the Aes Sedai makes a, makes a recruitment pass at Avienda, and Melane sees her off. And they, they discuss how Rand is uh, not treating the Aiel right. And they have to find a way to like get the message to him. Yeah, this this feels like another like job interview thing where the wise ones are like testing her, right? Mm-hmm. Right. And after this straightforward conversation about you know what the what the wise ones' duty to the Aiel and to the Randas of the world, Melane is like, okay, back to your punishment, and now more punishment because you still don't understand. Yeah, I'm I'm starting to think that you may have been sort of right about this, Jeff. Like. Maybe the lesson is that she is a wise one and she has more important things to do than manual labor and she has to just decide that. Like, I, this is, you know, I have things I need to do. Yeah. A wise one has shit they have to do, you know? Right. I, I have come up with another theory. What's that? Maybe Avienda is like a close talker, right? She stays really <laughs> close to people. That's her thing. Problem. Right, yeah. So she keeps, she keeps, they keep having these conversations with her and she just stands too close to them <laughs> and they're like, oh, she still hasn't learned. Go <laughs> <laughs> carry more rocks. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think that makes sense too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Speaking of rocks, she thinks about going to Rand but decides not to. Yeah, she's mm-hmm. like, oh, yeah, yeah, get those. She should have. Yeah. Mm. Get that. Yeah, it, it feels like both of these times the wise ones have actually liked the answers she gives to the questions like they think she's thinking the right things or whatever but I, yeah, I don't know I think like in their heads since she's giving the right answer she should realize that she's qualified yeah. mm-hmm. to be a wise one but I don't know but we'll find out I suppose that's I so unfair though because they have obedience beaten into them right yeah. Yeah. Avienda thinks about how you can't ask what you're doing wrong so punishing somebody for and not telling them what they're, why they're doing it seems useless. Maybe the maybe the lesson the wise ones are trying to teach her is like something about uh, 
um, essentially like pride and honor, like saying there are more important things than your pride and honor. Um. If you're a wise one, I don't know. It's it's a very unideal thing, but I don't know. Hmm. I think I think you're right. I think it's going to be that she just she has to learn to say fuck this and break out. Yeah. Get some of that wise one arrogance. Yeah. So chapter twelve, unexpected encounters, icon of the black Aja. So Egwene is heading to her lessons. One of them is with that brown Aja she met and planted some seeds of doubt with. Mm-hmm. Which uh, totally worked. Yeah. Because that's Bene, uh, the uh, brown Aja. Mm-hmm. And Bene, Bene is in hot water with her Aja because oh. she was asking about those secrets Egwene was, to ask, was talking to her about. <laughs> this meeting cracked me up. It was like, <laughs> yeah. let's say hypothetically, hypothetically you were in a situation where a rebel Amarlin told you some secret information and you brought it up to your Aja leaders and they made you hypothetically made you teach the rebel armament again today right now in this moment that we're in right now what would you do takes out a pencil and prepares to take notes (laughs) i was like dude (laughs) yeah i can't tell if she's just like if she doesn't care or if she thinks she's being subtle but it's funny funny. yeah i think she has well i think she's being given this grunt work with Egwene, and she's just working through it herself you know Mm -hmm. yeah that was a cool way to show that more and more Aes I are seeing her as a leader within the tower, though. Yeah, this uh, is, this is Armalyn stuff, right? Yeah, that, this is yeah, this is exactly what an Armalyn is meant to do, and she's I guess proving herself to these Aes Sedai one by one because immediately after this meeting, when she gives her great advice, yeah, yeah another Aes Sedai comes and asks her for advice and about just some stuff. And then a yellow sitter tries to recruit her for the yellow Aja. And Egwene's like, that's inappropriate, but I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she, like, she's got this in the bag. Like, this is, this is ridiculous, right? Right. Egwene's not even particularly good at healing, right? No. They're like, well, there are other kinds of healing that are fixing things. And they're like, dude, you're just, you just want, I get it. You, know? uh, yeah, she, you, want, you want this. We get it. She's a four-star recruit. But yeah. I don't think you're going to get this. She's going to Bama. <laughs> <laughs> So then Egwene finally goes to meet Maidani, uh, who is that rebel Aes Sedai she had sort of dinner with in mm-hmm. Elida's chambers. Who's been getting very close with Elida. Wink. Yeah. Yeah. And Maidani has the coolest room so far of any Aes Sedai. I think. Oh my gosh. Except maybe Viren. It was so metal. <laughs> metal? Because yeah. it's full of skeletons. Oh, wait, no, no, no. That's that's, that's the, the brown. brown. Oh, my bad. Okay. Yeah, 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 the, brown, brown, the skeleton room was pretty actually, cool. I actually yeah. like all the rooms. So, yeah, the brown Aja has, has like, uh, a bunch of, like... Random yeah, skeletons. Including a human skeleton. Yeah. Uh, the yellow has... Plants. Plants, just like a garden growing in her, like, uh, in her room. Yeah. yeah. But uh, Midani Midani has is like a diplomat, and she has like, oh, gifts yeah, yeah. from everywhere, all over the world. Right, and like every piece of museum. furniture is different, and there's like maps and stuff. It's I really thought that cool. was pretty rad. Yeah, clearly she's had a really interesting life. Yeah, yeah. And so Egwene questions Maidani, but Maidani cannot say what's up. Yes. And Egwene finally rumbles that this is a, a three oaths thing that's preventing her from doing this, and so Maidani, you know, is. Clevers up and does the Aes Sedai thing of like, I can't tell you, but I can show you. Mm-hmm. I think, well. And then uh, this reminded me, I, I've forgotten why Maidani was with Elida. It's because Maidani works for the Black Aja Hunters and they sent her to Elida. Yeah, that, I was, because uh, I was having the same thing. I couldn't remember, because I remember there was something where there was a conversation with one of the sitters of one of the, one of the Ajas. And I said, one of the sitters sent her, but it is, but it's actually the. Yeah, the dark Aja, the black Aja hunters. Right. Yeah. Who who rumbled that she was a 
a spy and bound her in the fourth yeah. oath. And did, you know, a little light compulsion to yeah. her. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So Egwene and her travel down to the lower levels. Yeah, Egwene decides to show her how to do that. Right, which is, uh, I, I think she's, yeah, she can trust this person. I think this person's kind of proven it. Yeah, well, I, I mean, at the very least, she bound her in oaths hard enough to break that she probably couldn't tell anyone anyway. Right. And Maidani leads her right to the Black Aja hunters who are having a little box meeting. So I was, boxes. <laughs> I'm still into this. I was like, this is like, it is like a superhero crossover where it's like the two favorite superheroes. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, I love the Black Aja hunters. I love Egwene. Oh, they're going to have a little crossover. Except, yeah. except, okay, let's be honest though. These are, these are not my... These are not the, like the A-tier Black Aja Hunters. These are kind of the, the dipshit ones, right? Well, Cien is one of the A-tiers. That's right. She's cool. Yeah. And, yeah. But they, they have this awesome confrontation. They totally dislike her as a rebel scum. Uh, but she just like Egwene's all over them. <laughs> I know. She's, she's, <laughs> like She starts off this conversation as a novice, barely worthy of like being noticed, right? And like yeah. she has, then she has them like litigating their decisions. Yeah, she like, starts chewing them out about misusing the oath rod. Yeah, it's so good. And and fi- and like they're like what wait what wait why are like one of them keeps saying why do we keep arguing with this person? Yeah. Well, the more she chews them out, the more foolish they look. They're like, oh, well, we can't always take the oath rod. We gotta like sneak it out. <laughs> right? Yeah, she catches them in, in like some logic errors a couple times, and then she like legalistically like talks about how well it, logically one of the people that voted for Elida had to have been Black Aja, and since it was exactly the minimum number to vote for, then you didn't have a quorum, did you? And they're like, my God, she's right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> Oh, yeah, this is, oh, yeah. This is why you don't fuck with Egwene. Like, she, in this conversation, she used, like, so many different tactics. She used, yeah. like, the legal one, and when they're reeling from that, she hits them with, like, a moral argument about the oath rod, which she's right about. And then when they're reeling from that, she, or, she like, offers them a threat uh, of, like, the, the things that might happen to them if what they're doing comes out. Yeah, well, because she's like, you know, one day the White Tower is going to learn about this, and, you know, what you're doing is almost compulsion, which is... Something that gets you still and executed. Absolutely, yeah. And she, and then, like when they're reeling from that, she lets them know that she has traveling, and she offers them like a carrot as well as the stick. I yeah. know it was really, really impressive. And they, these people are not prepared for what just happened to them. This is why I love Egwene, and this is why this this whole like White Tower arc is just like some of my favorite chapters to read right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So in the end, it's kind of a stalemate because they're still like, uh, uh, get out of here, rebel scum. And she's like, okay, good job, good talk, everybody. <laughs> she's like, I'm gonna go, but uh, just consider that the that first of all, you need to let Maidani out of this <laughs> out of this oath. Or we'll be having some words. And second yeah. of all, you know, maybe work on bringing the tower back together, guys. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. we'll think about it. I mean, <laughs> shut up. I mean, go away. Yeah. And one of them, like, tries to spank her with air, and she's like, bitch, please. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <This is> nothing. <laughs> yeah, this doesn't even make me laugh. This <laughs> yeah, she, so she walks out of the room, not exactly in shards, but, like, yeah, she gives them orders, and they don't outright say no. So this is a very interesting conversation. Yeah, this is really solid. And if she can convince them that she's the legal Amarlin, then they like they all work for her, right? That yeah. is right. So chapter thirteen: an offer and a departure. Icon of the Heron Mark Sword. Gwyn. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> after the Gwyn chapter, I was like, the first word is Gwyn. I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> It's just, you know, if you could talk about my favorite characters and then my least favorite characters, well, having a back-to-back like this is fine. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. But he's, at least he's doing something interesting, he's right? He's doing something really cool. He's sparring against two warders, one of whom is really, really cool. Oh, I yeah. know. Is it Sleet? Sleet. Yeah. He, he gives this whole little backstory about how he survived the Battle of Dumai's Wells, and he, like, 
got himself up to on his horse and made it to this farmhouse where the almost farm, dead, right? Like almost delu- dead. delirious and, and dying, right? Right, yeah. And then like there, there were these bandits because they were coming to look for him, and like the, the villagers protected him because the mayor's daughter had fallen in love with him, but their love could not be, and so he had to leave. Uh, because he maybe he had felt for her too, but before he left, he went and killed all the bandits to make sure to, to reward their their kindness to make sure they would never ro- trouble the village again. Yeah, this this is like the coolest guy ever. <laughs> it's, I love the way I talk about it because like this is like a Gleeman's legend, but like for Warders, it's like yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's just that's just how he got shit. back from the battle. That's oh, just yeah, shit. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, and I also love how <laughs> like that Sleet story and the other guy. Mashal's story is, oh, you don't really have a story. He just works here. <laughs> <laughs> the, the other guy. Yeah. Uh, but I, but either way, Gwyn is annoyingly good at fighting them. Because, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, I kind of hate Gwyn. It doesn't make sense to me. It actually doesn't. Because, like, sleep, it makes clear that he fights all day, every day, and he's super cool, and he's got more experience than Gawain does. Why is Gawain so good at this? Yeah. Because yeah. we raised the same question about Rand, but we just kind of brushed it off. We were like, well, you know, Lan trained him and he's the dragon, so okay. Right, yeah. And, yeah, and back Gawain, then he had two hands. Right. Yeah. <laughs> and it made a little bit of sense because Luce Theron was also a great warrior and, mm-hmm. and like he might have gotten some like, you know, some memory injection yeah. the way the Matt did in a way. Right. But, but yeah. Uh, yeah, no explanation for Gwen except that he's just that good. Yeah, it's very confusing because, I mean, not only are they warders, they've got to be so much older than him because Gwen's still, I mean, he's like a, maybe his early 20s, maybe. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's yeah. confusing. But I, So I can't stand Gwen, but I, this fight scene was very good. Yeah, this was really cool. Yeah. More of the sword forms. Um, he beats both the guys. Uh, it's really cool how it plays out as they're sparring in this barn. Uh, I realized during this fight that I guess we're not going to get that duel between Gwyn and Rand. I was kind of looking for that. Oh. Because Rand's hand. Yeah, that's right. He doesn't do sword stuff anymore, yeah. probably. Unless he can make like a magic hand out of fire. He, I mean, why oh, not? Well, I mean, he makes a sword out of fire, right? Just like start a little bit lower, right? right? Yeah. <laughs> start from the wrist instead of from the, the, the sword. Right. But then as, as they're breaking up, Sleet offers to have his Aes Sedai bond Gawain, and Gawain can go be a warder for this Aes Sedai, who yeah. seems to be pretty cool. Because mm-hmm. Sleet's a bro. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, we'll even take you to Andor, where you keep saying you're supposed to be, by the way. Yeah. And, and Gawain's like, I, mean, I don't know, I'll think about it. This is a really good idea. I know! Because... This is a great offer. Gawain, Gawain needs a boss. Uh-huh. You know, Gawain does not make good decisions. Nope. <laughs> and, like, Gawain doesn't... He doesn't seem to have a lot of places. He doesn't have, like, a place in this world. He's, he keeps saying how he's like not sure what he's supposed to be doing. He's like, you know, he's. And I, I can just imagine Sleet like looking at this guy like, what is this guy doing here? What is this bonehead doing? Well, like, I'll give him a job. Right? Yeah. yeah. He's good at fighting. Yeah. But no, this fucking kid just won't do it. Fucking Sleet, go in. Sleet even says, it's okay that you killed Hamar Guy Din because, you know, he would have killed you too, right? There were no good options. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, this is, it's a really, you know, good thing for Gwyn to hear. But yeah. also, they, they mentioned that uh, Gwyn should have taken Hamar's sword, because, you know, he's the sword master. Right, yeah. Yeah. Because, like, th- oh, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to see a lot more of Sleep. I hope so. It gave so. so much backstory and he's stuff great. from him. Yeah, Surely he, he's coming back. He's climbing up the rankings of my favorite characters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, he's, he's very Lan-esque, you might say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... Then Gawain goes and tries to be part of the Aes Sedai planning oh, meeting. Oh, actually, before that, there is another, like, after the recruitment conversation, Gwen pulls Sleet aside, like, so what do you think about all this shit that's going on? And mm-hmm. Sleet's like, this shit is bad. <laughs> like, yeah. shit is on fire. Um, yeah. Like, all of this is bad. And, and Gwen's like, yeah, yeah, it is. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> Guess I'm going to go find out what's going on. You know, it's just like, yeah, 
this, these, he keeps having these thoughts and these questions and it doesn't seem to have much impact on him, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's lead, I guess, you know, one thing he could have said is like, this, this is a mess, bro, and I'm in here because I'm bonded to this Aes Sedai. If I wasn't bonded to anybody, I probably wouldn't be here, Quinn. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, right? I'm not sure that would have gotten through to Quinn. Probably not. So then goes, Gwyn, speaking of things not getting through to him, tries to go and be part of the planning meeting of the Aes Sedai, and of course they, they just tell him to piss off. Of course they do. They don't just tell him to piss off. They're like, if you don't walk off, we're going to replace you. And he's just like, oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> dude, <laughs> dude, dude. But they have a visitor, uh, Katerine Sedai, who came in mysteriously. I guess she learned traveling from Elida, right? She must have learned it from Elida, because Elida learned it from that one... Bannon. Uh, right? Yeah. And uh, has been closely guarding the secret, but I guess this must be one that she, you know, has decided to share the secret with. Right. And Katerin lets slip that Egwene is the rebel Amarlin. Yeah, Egwene was the rebel Amarlin and she's been captured and is being beaten daily in the White Tower. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this finally shocks a little bit of sense into Gawain. Yeah. Finally, yeah. finally, finally. It turns out beating up his girlfriend is the thing that finally does the trick. Right. Okay. So he heads off. Uh, he's going off to help Egwene in the only way he knows how. Uh, and Sleet is there because, of course, you can't snow Sleet. Like, Sleet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't mean that, actually, yeah. But that's good. Fun. I meant that. That's what I meant to say. That's yeah, yeah. so clever. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> uh, and Sleet's like, I know you're going. I know you but, uh, but like, you can go. It's cool. <laughs> <laughs> Quinn's like, why? It's like, uh. Well, Sleet's like, uh, you've been beating the crap out of me three times a day. <laughs> I don't think I can stop you. <laughs> and I don't want to die. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, look, I mean, warders have a reputation. And sure, if I have to die, I'll do it. But like, this seems like a situation where I don't really need to do it. It's fine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but also, I'd like to see someone care about something. Gwen's like, sure. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he thinks like, well, sleep doesn't talk much. I guess this is why. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he's not taking any of the young ones with him. not taking anyone with him. Yeah. Uh, which means he's probably leaving them to die, right? Yeah, like, I mean... I don't know if Gwen has done the math here. He doesn't seem to think things through very much, but this means you're going to have to kill these people, Gwen. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, if, if they even live that long, because remember, the only reason that they, they're alive is because Gwen has been... He knows Gareth Bryant's strategy and has been keeping them alive, oh, right? Oh, that's a good point. And, good point. and the Aes Sedai in their meeting tell him, oh, we're going to have to ramp up those raids. Those kids are all going to die. Like, this, uh, is, this yeah, is really bad. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Oh, well... But it, so uh, it, you know, we don't know yet. At the end of the chapter, he basically says, "There's only one person that I can go to, or what, there's only one place I can go who will help me get a going out." Yeah, I, I the rebels. I thought it was Gareth Bryan. Yeah, sure. that's what I'm thinking too. I think he's going to go join the rebels. Yeah, I'm uh, just curious if you y'all had a different interpretation, but yeah, yep. So good. Hopefully, go in. You know. Turns his shitty character around, <laughs> but I'm not. I'm not putting money on it. I don't have. I don't hold out a lot of hip hope for this kid right here. He's, he seems like a not even a lovable idiot. So that's it for this episode. Next time we're covering chapters 14 through 18 of The Gathering Storm. I am Jeff Lake. That's Jeff underscore Lake on Twitter. I'm Alice Sullivan. That's Blue Bonnet Cafe on Instagram. I'm Mike Sparkman. I still don't have one of those. If you have any comments, questions, or feedback, please drop us a line at hello at armadillo.club. We love hearing from you. And please share us with anybody you think will like us. Please give us good reviews wherever you got this, especially on iTunes. Please check out our Patreon at armadillo.club. 
Please like us in real life. We're just so likable. Until next time, the, the light, light illumine you. you.